when the, the coffee shop that is the center of the local community goes under, it's important that another entrepreneur come in and either purchase that coffee shop or start a new one so that that center of the fabric of the community stays intact. Because the story of that community is all around the stories of its people and how they come together. And it's really important that we fill those holes with young entrepreneurs launching out. And it's inspiring to see how many entrepreneurs are now looking to start new businesses. And so that in itself is a real story of hope for Canada. Hello, I'm Denise Withers, and you're listening to Forward, an interview series where today's leaders reveal how they use stories to make change and shape the future. If you need a new way to move forward towards your goals, then stay tuned, because I have just the story for you. Entrepreneurship is on the rise as more and more people seek meaning and control over their work. But figuring out what exactly they want to do and how exactly they want to do it can be one of the toughest parts of building a new business. Stories can help by giving new entrepreneurs the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to succeed. No one knows that better than Karen Grieve Young. She's the CEO of Futurepreneur Canada, Canada's only national nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting young entrepreneurs age 18 to 39. Futurepreneur's unique model combines loan financing, mentorship, and other resources to fuel the success of thousands of young entrepreneurs in every Canadian province and territory. Before joining Futurepreneur, Karen worked in leadership roles at nonprofits around the globe, most recently serving as the Vice President of Corporate Development and Partnership at Mars Discovery District, a global innovation hub based in Toronto. I know she has some fantastic stories to share about her work, so let's get started. Welcome, Karen. Thanks so much, Denise. It's great to be here. And I, I love hearing stories and sharing stories. So uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. You know, we often hear that entrepreneurs have to have a great story to succeed when pitching. But you and I know that story plays a much bigger role in their work than just helping them raise money. Could you start us off by sharing an example of how you and your team help them put story to work to build their businesses? Absolutely. Stories really come down to the entrepreneur's why. Most entrepreneurs, when they're starting a business, it's because of their personal experience, either something they wanted that didn't exist or something that they realized other people needed that they could uniquely create and develop. And so I think all entrepreneurs start with that story, whether they think of it as their story or not. And then our job becomes helping them convert their story that they think about in their own context into the business plan that frames out how they'll activate that story and how they'll activate their business and the rounding out of their story into what the next chapter will look like. And the next chapter really is their launch of their business. So it's almost like a, a change story where something's happened in their lives that's created a need for them. And then you're helping them design the story of how they're going to change that to make either, you know, their clients' lives better or their own lives better or make the world better. That's exactly it. And I think sometimes our role is to ask the kinds of questions that help in their story development, if that makes sense. So do you need an extra character? Do you need to have a business partner? When we're asking who their customer is, it's really, 
who in your story is interested in this product. Sometimes what happens with entrepreneurs is that they identify a need, but it's a need with a very, very, very small market. So we try to help them think through how can you more broadly make your product, your service relevant to other people and become part of other people's stories, part of what other people need and are looking for. That's really interesting. And I'm thinking about the fact that their businesses are born out of a personal experience. How does that affect the level of passion and commitment and vision that they bring to their business? It depends so much on what the business is and what part of their personal journey and their personal story they're bringing into the business. So for example, there might be entrepreneurs. I'm thinking of one of our entrepreneurs in British Columbia. Her name is May, May Elia, and her company is Magnum Construction. In her case, she came to Canada as a refugee from Syria and realized that it was very hard to get a start as a new Canadian from a war-torn region. And so when she created her company, her mission, her purpose in her company was to hire people who also had come from war-torn regions. So she's often a first employer for those people. So her own personal journey became one very critical part of her business model. It's a construction company. She does home construction and she was a top five finalist for the BC Small Business Best Immigrant Award in 2020 based upon the work, but also based upon the story of that social impact that she does. So in that case, bringing the story to life was very much about her, her staff and who she would employ. In some cases, bringing the story to life is more about who the customers are or who else will benefit when the goods are sold? So we have several different entrepreneurs where they've identified a need and when their product is sold, they're contributing back to a certain community so that they're and that community is aligned with their personal story and their personal experience. And so really, this is something that we're hearing a lot about these days with so many crises going on. In many ways, I don't know if they're setting out to do this, but they're actually changing the narrative on a variety of issues in society. Absolutely. And it's interesting. Certainly not all of our entrepreneurs with whom we work would consider themselves social enterprises or social entrepreneurs, but many of them end up being that way through their actions and through what matters to them. And so the purpose that they're bringing to their business becomes a vital part of their business. Another entrepreneur we've worked with where she's created a vibrant business. Her name is Devin Fiddler. Her company is called She Native Goods. She's based in Saskatoon. She herself is an Indigenous entrepreneur. And through her business, she is employing Indigenous women, in this case, to both um, create, design, and produce accessories, handbags. And not only is she employing Indigenous women, but she's giving back. So a certain percentage, 2% of her profits go toward causes that positively impact the lives of Indigenous women. And so for Devon, she wants to make beautiful goods and, and sell those to people. And she knows that just her products themselves will bring people great enjoyment, but it's deeper for her. She wants to make an impact in her community. 
and she wants to help Indigenous women. And so she really does that through all aspects of she Native goods, whether it's the the products themselves that raise awareness of the beautiful culture and rich tapestry of the community, or it's the employees of the organization, or it's the uh, contributions uh, that she gives back. And even one of her products, the Red Purse Collection, is a collection itself meant to raise awareness of uh, Canada's missing and murdered uh, Indigenous women and girls. And in that product line, 15% is giving back. So I think for her, the the purpose is so inextricably linked from the product. And the purpose really is all about her story of why she was doing this to begin with. That is such a powerful story. And I know we're seeing more and more research coming out that shows that purpose-driven companies are outperforming profit-driven companies significantly. So when you look at working with a company like that within Futurepreneur to help them get going... What kind of work do you do with them to not only use their story to develop their business, but it sounds like a lot of what she would have to do is also be able to tell her story as part of sharing her purpose for almost for her marketing. So how does that fit into the work that you do with the entrepreneurs? So we work with the entrepreneurs to amplify their story. Sometimes we do that through our channels. Sometimes maybe the mentor. So if it, let's say an entrepreneur has a, a strong story but perhaps storytelling or marketing is not their strong suit. We'll keep that in mind when we match the entrepreneur with the mentor uh, that we uh, connect them with to support them on their first two years of their journey. So that's a very inextricable part of our model is not only financing, but also that mentorship. So sometimes the complement that that entrepreneur needs is that mentor who can help them tell their story. And sometimes the story may be there, but what we're doing with the entrepreneur, either our own staff or the mentor, is helping them tell the story in a way that it can be more easily heard and understood. We all know our own stories very well. And sometimes we we may not illustrate our story in, in a way that will make it relevant and impactful for others. Because we know it so well that we forget to bring it to life in a way that it will capture others' imagination also. So I will say, though, many of these entrepreneurs, and Devin is a great example, as is May, they, they needed no help with imagination. They, they had this. But some of them, we help them tell their stories in a way that will be most resonant. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm a, you know, a storyteller for a living and uh, telling my own story is the hardest thing that I do. <laughs> so it's I, funny I, how that works, isn't it? Absolutely. So let's kind of step it up a notch. So that's how you use story to work with the entrepreneurs. Now, what role does story play in the work that you do in, in growing Futurepreneur in having your own impact? It's been important to give our team the language to make sure that the way that we talk about what we do is truly about the heart of what we do. And I will share a little bit of a story from when I started. I started and some of the team were talking about how many files they were working on. And I was, and I kind of said, well, what's a file? Oh, well, you know, the entrepreneur's file, their application file and their cash flow that we use to decide whether we're able to support them. And I thought, we need to refer to them as entrepreneurs, not files. And we need to think about our support of them, the ones that successfully go through our program and launch with our support as entrepreneurs launching businesses with our support. 
not loan disbursements and mentor matches. And so I think even just the language of how we talk about what we do, and it, it, this doesn't change what we do, by the way. What we do is we work through entrepreneurs' details in order to assess whether we are able to support them. We support as many as we possibly can. But the language matters. The way that we tell the story matters. And even with our own employees, with our own team, referring to how many business launches we supported, how many young entrepreneurs got their start with our support. And not just any entrepreneurs, but really emphasizing not just externally, but with our own team, how important it is that we have an inclusive model and that we're helping entrepreneurs in communities of all sizes, in all regions of Canada, women and men, Black entrepreneurs, Indigenous entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who are people of color, new Canadian entrepreneurs. So that's been really valuable and important to help our team remember how important our work is. And so I just think that the human side matters and the human side is what comes out when we talk about stories and when we move away from talking about or thinking about process, but we really focus on the why, who will benefit, who is at the heart of our work. There's a couple of things in there that I'd like to unpack. You know, I think you're absolutely right in terms of thinking about how do we personalize and how do we humanize the work that we do. And that's the power of stories. It takes abstract concepts and makes them specific and memorable. One of the reasons that stories work is that we're able to see ourselves in a story. We're able to empathize with a hero of a story or the person who's the focus of the story. And if you take that away, it makes it much more difficult for people to connect with that story. That's exactly it. And I think we were seeing that again. I think that our organization vernacular was how many files did you disperse? Not how many entrepreneurs did we help realize their dreams? And so some people were who were on the front lines working directly with entrepreneurs were seeing and experiencing and feeling that firsthand. But for other people, it was starting to feel more distant. Again, I don't mean to overstate. The entrepreneurs have always been at the heart of what we do. And for instance, we have monthly staff meetings. And we share entrepreneurial stories and anecdotes at each of these. So that's always been really important. But now we're having even members of our team who might not normally be client facing, but do directly or indirectly support entrepreneurs, have them share. And so making sure that we help every member of our team know that they are supporting these entrepreneurs, even if their role may be that they're our internal accounts payables team member, but some of the payments that they're making are to our community partners who help us connect with entrepreneurs. They're the expenses for our client-facing teams who are going to events to connect with entrepreneurs to help support entrepreneurs in their business launches. So it may be a couple of steps removed, but it's all part of helping these entrepreneurs succeed. Absolutely. And and I'm curious, because I'm, I'm sure you haven't done a study of this, but anecdotally, what's the impact of having your employees share those stories and those anecdotes when you have meetings like that? Our employee engagement is very strong. And I would say it wasn't when I started. It's actually tripled um, over the last two and a half years. 
And I think, again, it's because of just a lot of it is putting the heart back into the business and, 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 and back into what we're doing. Obviously, there are a lot of different factors, but I mean, you just see everyone feeling pride. And now that everything is remote, we are using Slack very aggressively as an organization. And a lot of our Slack channels, we have a kudos channel where different team members will share how other team members have helped them or helped clients succeed. And you'll see these wonderful emojis of colleagues sharing support for different team members and their activities. And we have a success stories channel where we talk about how entrepreneurs are succeeding. And then we've also brought entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs products into our work. So normally we might do a little bit of a token at the end of our fiscal year, which is at the end of March. Well, last year for our end of year token, we actually purchased for all of our staff sort of travel mugs, branded futurepreneur from one of the young entrepreneurs in Quebec that that we had helped launch. And what was really amazing is that this company then sent a note saying this purchase of a hundred of these mugs was really helpful for us. This helped us in the early days of the pandemic to get through. And when we shared with our staff, it really mattered to them that it was a product from one of our entrepreneurs. And that they'd made a difference in the entrepreneur's journey. Those are incredible stories. <laughs> I'm laughing because you said it rather matter-of-factly, but if you tripled your engagement rate, there's a huge congratulations there. And I know there's a lot of businesses that would be really curious to know how you did that, especially with the pandemic. People are really struggling for engagement. So I'm the biggest story fan and I don't want to jump up and down and say, well, it's all because of story. But I suspect that you've been using stories strategically to contribute to that. We, we really have. I think a lot of it was just helping everyone on our team feel like they were part of the story. And I should say the strongest factor on our engagement all the way through has always been that our staff believe in what we're doing. We're helping diverse young entrepreneurs start and succeed. It's pretty exciting stuff, but they didn't always feel like they were directly connected with that work. And they didn't always feel like our own internal values were as aligned. And those alignment disconnects where you have a gap between the story you're telling and the experience you're providing, that's problematic. So I would say the story to some extent may have been there before, but when you're not living the story, when you're not activating the story, and when there's, again, that kind of experience gap between the story you're telling and the experience you're providing, it's really problematic. And I think, honestly, a lot of what we just did was to close that gap, which was by helping all of our team feel valued and be part of this positive journey. You just described that so beautifully and so succinctly, because I see that with so many organizations where they do have that misalignment and they do have that gap and they go out and they spend a lot of money on fancy consultants to come in and rejig their organization or do lots of studies or bring in lots of different tools and things like that. And I think you just nailed it. it it's really how do you help everyone see that they are part of the story, that they have a role to play and make sure that you're all driving towards a, a common vision of the future. So we've talked about what you do with the entrepreneurs, and we've talked about what's going on internally at Futurepreneur. So tell me about how you use story externally to help meet your organizational goals and mission. 
honestly, it all comes back to the entrepreneurs. Um, so I think every time we amplify their stories and their impacts, it's really helpful. It makes people understand why it matters. And as tragic as so many aspects of the pandemic have been, including not only the health impact, but the impact on small businesses, telling stories it has been really important through this. And so one metaphor that we use now is to remind um, our stakeholders that one part of our work, which is very important, is to help young entrepreneurs who've already launched businesses survive through the pandemic, have the support that they need to make it to the other side. We also, though, acknowledge that they won't all make it to the other side. And what is really important for Canada is that those holes on main streets across the country get filled when the, the coffee shop that is the center of the local community goes under because it wasn't able to stay afloat or because the founder decided that it was a good time to retire, that maybe this was a signal for them. It's important that another entrepreneur come in and either purchase that coffee shop or start a new one so that that center of the fabric of the community stays intact because the story of that community is all around the stories of its people and how they come together. And that's just one example, but there are so many main streets across Canada and unfortunately so many holes popping up on those main streets. And it's really important that we fill those holes with young entrepreneurs launching out. And it's inspiring to see how many entrepreneurs are now looking to start new businesses. So many of them are completely undaunted. And if anything, just see this as a ripe opportunity and time. And so that in itself is a real story of hope for Canada. It is. And it sounds to me like you're trying to create or shift the narrative around the role of entrepreneurship in community and in Canada. So tell me a bit about what's actually the vision, the role of entrepreneurs in shaping our country. They're the uh, heart and soul of our communities. Entrepreneurs create businesses that bring people together or businesses that give people the products that they have always enjoyed or new products that they didn't even realize they wanted. They employ Canadians. A very high percentage of Canadians are employed by small businesses. Some of these entrepreneurial ventures actually become very large businesses and employ a lot of people. But others, and this is where Futurepreneur particularly comes in, others might be small businesses in small communities. And the role that they play is enabling the people who work there to stay in that small community, to not have to go to the big city, to not have to relocate and uproot to go where opportunities are. It creates opportunities in these smaller communities. And for me, in my own personal journey, that's a lot of why I came to Futurepreneur. And it's so important that we keep telling those stories because, you know, especially when we listen to mainstream media and we think about politics, the focus is always on big business. The focus is always on jobs, 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 but jobs that are going to come from the large organizations. And and so how do we start to shift that narrative that we need to rely on big business for jobs and, and for a strong economy? That's a very good question. I have a couple of thoughts. One is that you do it by having it happen. So you see these small businesses 
that are employing people, and in so many cases, bending over backwards to keep their people employed through this pandemic. And the people who work there know their experience. So they have that firsthand experience of the benefits that they have being part of a small work community. I also think that there's an element of large employers having really disappointed people, their employees and others through the pandemic. There are too many examples of companies where they may have taken the government support programs intended to keep people employed and then not kept people employed. So I think what a lot of Canadians experienced through the pandemic was actually the realization that that steady job was not so steady after all, and that dependable income was unfortunately not that dependable after all. And so I I do think that that's part of why we are seeing record numbers, literally 20, 25% more applicants to our program than we have in my, my entire time here in almost three years is because people are, are ready for change. That's fantastic. And it's so exciting to hear about that growth that you're having. So I just want to look ahead and say, you know, what advice would you have for CEOs of other social purpose organizations in terms of how they might start to use stories to make a difference and and to help them achieve their mission? I think it matters that the story is part of what the organization is doing for everyone. So oftentimes, Stories are relegated to the jurisdiction of marketing and communications or for a fundraising organization, the the fundraising and development team. And they're the ones who are focusing on stories. And it's just really, really important to put stories and the humans behind the stories in every part of the organization. The leadership team should be talking about the beneficiaries, in our case, the entrepreneurs, at all of their meetings. We now have added into our board materials regional anecdotes so that the board, every meeting, is able to read up and see examples of the entrepreneurs we're supporting. And we have entrepreneurs come to most board meetings, just a couple, for half an hour at the beginning of the meeting to share their story. And I think it, it sometimes feels distant If you're helping a thousand entrepreneurs launch a year, what's five stories? Well, five stories is what humanizes the work. Five stories is what makes it more than a number on a page. And so I think that just continuing to keep the people and keep the stories at the center of what you do will actually keep the people and keep the stories at the center of what you do. And so you get this wonderfully virtuous cycle where you do better work and have more impact because you're keeping the people for whom you're doing the work at the center of it all. That's such fantastic advice. Thank you so much for that and for sharing your stories today. I'm really inspired by what you're doing and I'm so excited to hear that things are going well for the organization and that entrepreneurship is on the rise. You know, the story that you told of there's no such thing as a secure job very much resonates for me. And it's what inspired me to become an entrepreneur. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where you take this in the future. Thanks so much, Denise. There is a lot to be hopeful for. We just need to keep the stories coming. Let's do that. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. You've been listening to Forward, a podcast about how leaders use stories to shape the future. 
If you'd like to know more about how story design can help you develop and sell your big idea, get in touch at denisewithers.com.